I truly do love coming here. And um, it's always, you know, I feel like I always receive just as much as, as any of you. So thank you for having me in your beautiful church. And I just adore your pastors with all my heart. And I just love them truly and deeply. And um, we just love doing life with you. And every time I hear Alex is not here, but you know, whatever. I mean, maybe he doesn't like my preaching or something. Something weird's going on. <laughs> but um, I don't mind because the better half's here. Shh, don't tell him I said that. <laughs> just kidding. We love you, Alex, very much. Um, but also, I love Jess and. And um, thank you for having me back in your beautiful church. And we're going to have a great morning this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Luke 18. And I want to read this parable to you. This morning we're talking about the parable of the persistent widow. And uh, it's an interesting parable and I'm excited to get into it this morning. So I want to read it to you. It's Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. And it says this. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I just want to stop there for one moment. The thread of everything we're talking about this morning, the heart's motive, the desire of God through this parable is this right here, that we would always pray and that we wouldn't lose heart. That we would always pray and that we wouldn't lose heart. And my prayer for you this morning is that if you get anything out of this, that you would take this little saying with you, always pray and don't lose heart. Always pray and don't lose heart. Because it is easy when we are living in an unjust world for our hearts and our, our, our discouragement to fill our hearts and for us to lose heart. And it can be easy for us to, to not pray and to stop praying because maybe things haven't turned out the way that you expected them to. But I want to say to you today, don't lose heart and keep on praying. There's a scripture in Psalm 27 that says, I would have lost heart. Unless I have believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't lose heart, but believe. Believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord in your life. Believe, do not lose heart. Keep praying and don't lose heart. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 2, he said, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what that unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Incredible story. I mean, there's a widow here. 
who is going to a judge about an unjust situation, seeking justice. But the judge is an unjust judge. And he says that he doesn't love God, nor does he love people. Does this seem like an impossible situation to you? It does to me. But somehow this situation gets turned around. And I want to kind of pull out two things in this parable that I think we can learn from today that will help to see our situations turned around. Because who has a situation here who needs turning around? I know I sure do. And I'm speaking to myself here this morning because we all have something in our hearts that we're believing for turning around, whether it's a relationship, a, a finances or some sort of breakthrough, a healing, some freedom for someone to come back into the house, for that person to get saved, whatever it is. There's things and situations that we're all believing for and God has given us the victory. Amen. He has given us the victory. And I believe there are some things, two things that I want to talk about specifically this morning that are in this passage that can help us to unlock this breakthrough and this turnaround in our lives. And the first thing that I want to say, and the thing that I love about this widow is that she was confident in God. And I want to say to you, we need to be confident in Christ. We need to be confident in who He is, so that we can be confident in who we are. As we get confident in Jesus, it brings confidence to our calling and to who we're called to be as sons and daughters of the King. This widow was confident. She went back time and time again to this judge. She was persistent in her confidence. She kept going back to the judge, not weary, not tired, but confidently. So much so it said that she was beating him down with her confidence. She had such a confidence that things could turn around, even though it seemed like an impossible situation. And I know too many believers and too many Christians that throw away their confidence and instead pick up anxiety or pick up fear, pick up worry, pick up these things instead of throwing them off and having confidence in Christ. In Hebrews 10.35, it says this, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. You know what this scripture tells us? That actually confidence can't be taken away from you. Confidence is yours to throw away. Their confidence is yours to throw away. And in fact, many people I know have thrown away their confidence. And I think it is time that as believers, we pick up our confidence and we get confident in Christ again and confident in who we are in Christ. Just as you can throw your confidence away, you can also pick your confidence back up and begin to be confident in Christ. Do not throw it away. The Lord says, come boldly to His throne. He wants you to come boldly into church every week. He wants you to come boldly in your prayers towards Him. He wants you to come boldly knowing that He has your back, that every promise is yes and amen for your life, that He didn't go to the cross for nothing. He didn't go to the cross so that we can live these lives of, of you know, brokenness and 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 
being bound. He went to the cross so we could live in freedom, so that we could be full of life. Yes, so that we have salvation, but also so we live a whole life here on earth. And you can be confident in that. Don't throw away your confidence so easily. Because it says in this passage here that it has a great reward. That after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promises as you stay confident in Christ. You know, I have three beautiful children, like Mick was saying. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. My two-year-old daughter is here with me today out the back watching Peppa Pig because she was screaming. (laughs) Peppa solves all problems in children's lives. And uh, I've learned a lot about confidence from my children. I believe it or not, I'm not a naturally confident person. I was extremely shy growing up. But I have learned that the more I get into God and the more I know God, I become confident in myself and I become confident in Jesus Christ. And I've learned this about my children, especially when it comes to them wanting some sort of treat or some sort of uh, lolly or chocolate or ice cream. They don't come to me when they want something and say, Mommy, do you think maybe, like, I know we haven't been the best children and we don't deserve an ice cream, but, you know, I just wonder if you can find it in your heart. You know, if we could just maybe, just even just like a tiny, tiny, the tiniest lolly that you could find. You reckon we could just maybe, I know we don't deserve it, and I know, but like, and if you don't want to, that's fine, like, it's fine. Don't worry, like, please don't get angry, don't get angry that we're asking you. Just maybe it's the tiniest little speck of lolly we could maybe have. No, my children do not do that. They come to me like, Mom, we need an ice cream. This, and they, you know what, they plead their case. They're very good at it. They're like, Mom, it's so hot. This is anyone's thing. It's so hot, Mom. We need an ice cream to cool us down. It's just, we're dying in this heat. I need an ice cream. We've been so good today. We have not fought once today. Give me that ice cream. They are confident in their request. They're not like, oh, maybe, please, I don't know, begging me. Well, actually, they do beg me sometimes, but in a confident way. (laughs) They're not shying away about it. They're confident. And you know why they're confident? Firstly, because they're confident in who they are. But also they're confident that they know that I love them and that I want to give to them. I want them to have the best that they can have. My sweet little daughter who's two, she's just started talking and she's like, peas, mummy, peas. I'm like, oh my gosh, how could I ever say no to that? Yes, have a box of ice creams. I just want the best for them. I'm just so in love with them. And when they come confidently to me, they know I'm not going to withhold Because I'm mean and I'm nasty and I don't want to give them good things. No, they come confidently knowing that we love them and that we're for them. And they are confident in themselves because of that. And I want to say to you, we need to get back to childlike faith. And we need to get confident in who we are in Christ. We need to get confident in who God is to us. That He is our Heavenly Father that loves you, that cares for you, that has good things for you. That He doesn't want to withhold. He wants to give. 
to you. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. He wants to bring those finances into your life like that beautiful testimony before. He wants to pour out into your life. Don't come to Him shyly. Come to Him confidently, boldly before the King, before the throne, knowing that He's got your back and that He has victory and He has breakthrough for your life. He does. In fact, there's a Scripture in 2 Timothy 1.7 that says this, He has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, power and a sound mind. You know, I've heard this Scripture preached many times about fear and it definitely relates to fear. And I do think confidence and fear are wrapped up together. But this Scripture also says, doesn't just say, He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but you know, He actually hasn't given you a spirit of timidity. And this may rock your world for a moment here, but He doesn't want you to be timid. In fact, timidity means lack of confidence. He hasn't given you a spirit of that. He's given you a spirit of confidence. He's given you a spirit of boldness. His constant command to Joshua was be bold and be courageous. Constantly, come on, just be bold and be courageous. Know who you are as a daughter and a son of the King. Know what you are inherited. Know that you have been given the keys. Know that you can bring heaven to earth. Know the promises of God are yes and amen for your life. He has not given us a spirit of timidity, but He's given us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And hear me when I say this, confidence is not arrogance. It's not walking around like, oh, I'm all that and you're not. You can be confident and humble. You don't have to be confident and arrogant. You can be confident knowing that your God's got your back and that He's with you. And in fact, it's not even like you can be that. He wants you to be that. He's calling you into that. Just like this widow who kept confidently going to this judge, even though she was being rejected time and time again, she kept going confidently knowing that her God was a just God and that she would see this situation turned around. Be confident in Christ. Don't throw your confidence away. And if you have thrown it away, pick it back up. It's yours to pick up. Be confident in who He is and who He's called you to be. The second thing I love about this parable and a thing that I think we can pull out from it is that God is faithful to the faith filled. God is faithful to the faith filled. As I said before, victory is ours. And we need to remember that, especially in times of injustice. I mean, she was facing some sort of unjust situation. And I think that's probably one of the hardest trials that we can face when it's something that is totally out of your control and totally not just. And you can't see that thing turning around. But she kept the faith. She kept believing And God was faithful to her faith. You know, I think that she was probably one person that probably could have easily not been full of faith. I mean, it says that she was a widow. She's obviously gone through a hard time in her life. 
losing her husband. She didn't have someone there standing with her, backing her up, believing in her. She's there all alone. Like, come on, judge. Like, help me in this. You know, he, he rejected her many times. I'm sure he wasn't nice to her. He said, it says that he, was, he didn't like people. He didn't love God. I'm sure he was rude and obnoxious and like, no, get away. You know, there was probably many opportunities for her to lie down and to lose her faith. But she kept her faith and she kept holding on and she didn't lose heart. And God was faithful to her. I love the end of this passage. I don't know if you've got it in the message version. But um, if you do, can you flick up verse 8? Six to eight, is it there? Oh, awesome, listen to this. It says, then the master said, this is the end of it. Do you hear what the judge, corrupt as he is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, he will. And he will not drag his feet. I mean, if an unjust judge can turn a situation around for a widow. How much more will a just God turn around a situation for His people? Think about that for a moment. If an unjust judge can turn around a situation for a widow, how much more will our just God turn around a situation for His people? Have faith. Have faith. Be faithful in your faith. What was the beginning of this passage? Keep praying. Keep bringing it to the Lord. Keep believing. Keep seeking. There's a scripture in Matthew that says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Keep knocking until that thing turns around. Don't let your faith fall by the wayside because you haven't seen it happen yet. Believe again that you will see things turn around because we have victory in Jesus Christ. You know, about three years ago, we fell pregnant with my youngest daughter who I was talking about before. Her name's Rocky Love. She was a big surprise. And uh, a beautiful surprise, but a surprise. And it was funny because at the time we were living in a, a unit in Monabar, which we loved and was an incredible blessing for us. We'd been living there for 10 years and the landlord had never put the rent up. Even when we had it 10 years ago, it was dirt cheap. And so we were just able to save a lot in that unit. We bought a, a small investment unit in a different street in Monabar and we were living in this unit. But even before I fell pregnant with Rocky, I was feeling like our season was up in this place. And it had no veranda, it had no outdoor area. And I have two very busy boys who need to get out and get all their energy out. And I was really like, God, I want to start to find somewhere with a yard for my family. And then we fell pregnant with Rocky. And the first thing I said to my husband, Dan, was like, okay, we're going to have another baby. We need to find somewhere with a yard. I'm feeling like it's already the season. Let's do this. Let's step out and let's believe. So we sold our unit in Monavau and we were looking for somewhere to buy on the northern beaches um, for about six months. Going to all the open houses on Saturdays and we were buying in the height of the property boom. It was incredibly crazy. I mean, we were just being outbid 24-7 on everything. 
at that time, our budget was really, you know, what we were looking for was, or what we could afford was a two-bedroom ground floor unit with a bit of a yard. So that was kind of where we were at. And we were looking at them every single weekend. And some of them were going for crazy prices, over a million dollars. And just, it was just seeming like an impossible situation. Anyway, amongst this journey, we found this townhouse in Belrose that was in our price range. And the moment we walked into it, I was like, this is ours. I just knew it was ours. I was like, this is my place. I loved everything about it. It was bigger than I imagined. It had a yard. It was just beautiful. I just, I love, fell in love with it. We went to every open home. We, you know, gave everyone greasies who walked in the room, <laughs> you know, so I didn't want them to get it instead of us. <laughs> we started going to Belrose, you know, just to hang out, just to check out our new hood, you know. We, we went to the local parks, you know, we looked at the gym to sign up to in the, the Belrose area and we were way invested. I went home, I remember I wrote in my journal, like, this is our place. I wrote the address down, I got a picture of it stuck it in our journal, my journal, and I put a scripture with it and I just started declaring that this is our house every single day. It was going to auction. And the other thing is that it would have been the most perfect timing. So we were having Rocky. I was, I think, uh, like seven months pregnant. There would be a six-week settlement. We would move in. I'd have like a month or two before Rocky was due. It was just like everything about it. I was just like, God is all over this. And so I... I was going to auction on a Saturday and at that, on that day, I was actually in Queensland preaching at a women's conference. So Daniel was going to the auction and I was up in Queensland and I'm up there, I'm telling the pastors, we're buying a house today. I'm like, I'm so excited and Daniel's going to the auction and we've got this and, you know, it's all very exciting. During the auction, I was actually preaching at that very moment. So I'm, you know, preaching to the congregation, but I'm actually really preaching to my situation. I'm like, yes, get them, Lord. This is ours. This is our place. I'm speaking faith and declaring it. I was so excited. I got on stage. I got my phone. I saw a few missed calls from Daniel. I picked it up. I'm like, did we get it? He's like, we didn't get it. I'm like, I'm like, no, did we get it? He's like, we didn't get it. He's like, we got out bib. And he hung up the phone. And I was like, to be honest, I was devastated. I was eight months pregnant, granted. I had a lot of emotions and hormones going on. I realised there are worse things going on in the world. But when you have really believed for something and it doesn't happen, it's so easy to lose heart. And in that moment, I just lost heart for a brief moment. Then all of a sudden, my mind started thinking, I know what's going to happen. They're not going to be able to get the money. And this situation's going to turn around. And we're going to get a call from the agent saying they couldn't get the finances because it was a bidding war between Dan and this other woman. They're going to call us and say, it's yours, do you want it? And it's going to be this amazing story for the Lord and he's going to get all the glory and I'm going to preach about it. It's going to be awesome. So like for about six weeks every day, Daniel will come home like, did the agent call you? He's like, no, the agent didn't call me. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and it's like coming to the end of the sermon. I'm like, did the agent call you? He's like, no, the agent didn't call me. I'm like, ah, like, come on, Lord, where's the turnaround in this story? Where are you, Lord? Okay, we didn't get the place. <laughs> it got sold and this lady's living in it. I've stalked her, so she's there. <laughs> you know, I was really 
disappointed. I super lost heart. And for about a few months after that, we we're looking at other places and I was like, I hate it. I hate it. No, don't want it. I was just had the worst attitude. Every place I went, I was like, oh, no, nah, it's not, not the one. And Daniel actually had to pull me aside one day and, you know, give me a little rebuke. And he was like, you need to stop this. He's like, God will give us a house. It didn't, wasn't the one we thought, but that doesn't mean He's not going to come through for us. And thank goodness for holy husbands that pick us up when we're feeling miserable. And so I did. I let it go. I moved on. I did stalk the lady one time, but that was all. And then I moved on. <laughs> and then, you know, we started looking at other places and I, I, I built my faith up again and I, I believed again that God could bring something else. And it was about three days before I was going to give birth to Rocky. And, you know, so I'm, I'm like, we're going to have our, we're going to stay in the unit and it's all good. God's on the throne. He knows what He's doing. And Daniel's like, I'm going to, this is, we found this one bedroom, little tiny house in Eleonora Heights on the beaches. And it was really beautiful. It was brand new, beautiful green grass. And it was just everything that I'd hoped for, except we needed more bedrooms. <laughs> Um, and so Daniel's like, I'm going to go to the auction and, and have a look. And it was way out of our price range. We ought to kind of inquired about it. And uh, yeah, they, there was already people interested that were going way over our budget. But Daniel's like, I'm just going to go into the auction and see what happens. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go. There's no point going. I'm going to go to this other unit I want to go see in Newport. So I'm at this place in Newport seeing this unit and my phone's ringing and ringing and ringing. He's down. Like, what? He's like, you need to come up right now. He's like, there's no one here that wants to buy it and they want to give it to us. And I'm like, what? So I get in the car. I drive up to Eleonora. I go straight in. I'm heavily pregnant, quite emotional. My thoughts are all over the place. I'm like, what are we going to do, babe? He's like, we're buying it. He's like, it's ours. He signed it. He bought it. And we just walked out. We're like, what? It was crazy. It was a bit of a journey. We've, since then, we've built some extra bedrooms. And, you know, it's, I, I lift up my curtain every morning and I look out at the green grass. And, you know, I see my kids out there playing. And so many times I was like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm getting all emotional now. I shouldn't have told the story. <laughs> but I'm just so thankful to God that He cares even about those needs that are in our heart, the desires of our heart, the things that we want to see turned around. And there are many times things don't work out the way that we thought that they would work out. But I want to say to you, don't lose heart. Build your faith back up. Be faithful in your faith. Because even though it may not work out the way you thought it would, God has another plan. And He's working it all out for good. And just like this widow, if an unjust judge can bring about a breakthrough in a widow's life, how much more will a just Father who loves you bring about a breakthrough in your life? Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. 
Psalm 23 tells us an incredible promise. It tells us what is following our lives wherever we go. It's not saying that regret and pain is following your life. It's not saying that disappointment and discouragement is following our lives. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. The goodness of God is following your life. As you walk into the workplace, the goodness of God is with you. As you walk into your family life, the goodness of God is with you. As you walk into situations and circumstances that seem impossible, the goodness of God is following you in to that room, that situation, that circumstance. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Don't throw away your confidence. Pick it back up. Pick your faith back up. Believe again that He will bring a breakthrough because He is a just God in an unjust world. And He will bring justice and breakthrough and healing into your world. I've seen it time and time again in my life. I could share story after story of what He has done, of faithfulness in my life. Pick up your faith. Pick up your confidence. Don't lose heart. Keep praying and don't lose heart. Keep praying and don't lose heart. Amen. Let's close our eyes this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How we love you, Lord. We're so thankful for all you do for us. Lord, you care about the big things and you care about the little things. Lord, that you can turn situations around, even the impossible situations, you can turn around, Lord. That you can bring healing even in this moment right now. He can bring healing upon your life. He can bring freedom upon your life. He can bring salvation to your heart. 